0: Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. There's been a lot of heavy news recently, Um, lots of feelings, lots of um, like just acrimony in the world, especially around US politics. And so we would like to take a break from all of that heaviness and talk candy, talk something light and sugary. I think um, we really could just use a break um, and have something a little bit lighter. Um, our mission at Jew in the City is um, to show not only that um, Orthodox Jews are a group of people that um, in large part uh, do good things and have enjoyable lives and have meaningful lives and contribute to the world um, in positive ways, um, but that there's also room for people to have fun, that there's room for people to enjoy the world, um, to live their dreams, to partake of delicious food, wear stylish clothes, take great vacations that um, we're not meant to live an ascetic life of ideas only and meaning only and obviously ideas and meaning are are uh, deep and uh, you know make a, a life profound but um, we're not meant to you know live off a cave separate from the world. Really the Torah ideal is to be engaged in the world and involved with the world and that um, while we do have restrictions while we do have limitations to, Uh, the physical to the material, uh, you know, sort of space that we interact with, there's also a lot of room um, for fun and enjoyment in that space. Um, And with that intro, I'm delighted to uh, introduce our guest today, Miriam Adar. Um, She bakes delicious and um, beautiful cakes for a living. And she recently was featured on the Food Network on a show called Candyland. And uh, we want to speak to her about that experience. Miriam, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So tell us first, um, what is your Jewish background growing up? Where did you grow up? Um, sort of what type of Jewish community did you grow up in? Okay, so I grew up in Lakewood, New Jersey. Um,
1: one of 11 kids. Um, my parents are Balei so they became ultra-religious. Um, and my father was part of the yeshiva in Lakewood for all the years that I was growing up. So we were raised very, very... Um, Yeshivish. Yeshivish. Yes. Yes. So we were raised with, you know, sperm all around and no TV. Um, Even library books were like, you know, questionable, you know, (laughs) couldn't read anything. Um, I mean, I couldn't read everything I wanted. So it was like, you know, things were,
0: we were kept, um, uh, what's the word? There's Um, a certain insularity or there was that your your parents had and look, the truth is that um, I don't let my kids watch or see everything either. Um, so, yes, like I there's obviously a range of that. But um, TV shows, movies, books. Yeah, there's still that is something that I'm doing. But I understand there's a range and you were probably further along the range of of uh, not permitted than what my kids may be able to partake. Of. Right. Right. Um, and. Um, where did uh baking fit into that? In some ways it's interesting because like we, you know, kind of try to like go against stereotypes, an Orthodox Jewish woman in the kitchen baking in some ways is very stereotypical, but sort of the way that you have, you know, made a space for yourself with these really sort of like um I mean, very over the top and like beautiful cakes, um, cool, fun, funky. And then obviously being on a TV show is sort of an unexpected angle. So were you, was baking one of the jobs that you had to keep that family of 13 running?
1: No, actually <laughs> my cakes are more, I think of it as more as artwork than real baking. Okay. So um, I was definitely always into art, but not so much the baking. Got it. Um, Yeah, I was always exploring art as a kid, because that was one of the...
0: Yeah, Yeah, so tell us about, so yeah, I have friends in Lakewood, and um, both the daughter and the son took art classes. They were both painting at different points, so yeah, tell me about um, what you were able to do, what type of art um, you did have available, how you expressed yourself. So since
1: art was one of the kosher outlets that I had, so I was always just repurposing things, like I would say that was my main thing. I would love to repurpose things that like They look like garbage, but I would cut it up and make it into some cool artwork. Um, We didn't have a lot of, you know, the usual art supplies in the house, let's say. So Mm -hmm. I would just, you know, figure out from what we had, like even cutting up uh, old materials that we had around and sewing things together and just having fun with
0: that. I think, um, well, you know what I hear from this and I think is a great lesson for um, anyone listening. And I always like to try to, you know, cull um, messages and lessons from our guests is that uh, you don't need to be sent to a fancy art school. You don't need to have all the perfect uh, supplies in front of you. And I think a lot of times people wait around before they act in life for the perfect setup for the perfect setting. Um, and until and unless until and unless they have that, then they simply don't do it. But when a person truly has a passion um, they find whatever is available and they get started. And you basically got your education by doing. You had the bug, you went for it, you were allowed to do it, and you were able to find kosher and meaningful ways to express yourself.
1: Yes. Um, also on the show, like every, most everyone there had been to some fancy French uh baking school. And I'm like, I just learned like on YouTube and with my own two hands. So Definitely- yeah, I
0: think, look, there's certainly a value in, you know, going the traditional school route, and there's also a value in, you yes. know, self-taught method. And I think if we look at some of the biggest entrepreneurs that are out there, some of them, you know, dropped out of Harvard and, you know, kind of made things their own way. So um, I think that's an important, you know, thing to note that not everyone goes the, the same way. So where did the um, the baking come in? When, when did you start, when and how and why did you start to consider that, cakes could be a form of art
1: so i started with cakes only when my daughter ayala turned four i decided i'm gonna make her a birthday cake um so i just went on youtube i looked up the kind of cake that i wanted to make and i just made it and then i decided hey this was fun why don't i make some more so that's really how it started you know everything that you want to learn is on youtube nowadays so i just went for it i just found tons of tutorials
0: and, and how long ago how long ago did Ayala turn four? So she's 11 now. Okay. So. And then what about what about your Jewish journey? It seems like from, you know, how you say you were raised to where you are today using YouTube, going onto the Food Network, you had a little bit of a journey. So is there any part of that story that you could share of maybe I mean, like, it sounds a little bit similar to, you know, with our work at Project Macho and we have people that don't always start off in a community that's the right fit and they sort of develop over time to a more fitting orthodox community. So was that sort of uh, a slow process or, you know, anything kind of, where would you say you landed today? <laughs> so right now we live in Hollywood, which is like the
1: most open-minded, diverse community I find. Um, and it's so perfect for us because, you know, coming from Lakewood and then, you know, we got married, we were in Kollel, my husband and I, um, we did Colal in, in Israel for a few years. That was like really a lot for us. Um, and then we moved back to America and kind of like found our own way. So it's a really beautiful thing to find like a Jewish community where you can be yourself and your friend you might have friends that are way more religious or way less, and you know we all get along and we all have the yeah. same community goals.
0: Beautiful. All right. So it was a journey you made with your husband. You sort of started off more in the mold of where you grew up. And then over time, you kind of evolved. And that's also, um, you know, not every journey has to be as dramatic or traumatic. It can kind of be something that a couple makes a journey together. And people, by the way, go in both directions, um, you know, more this way, more that way. Um, So now, how did Okay, would, would you say that there is, like you did the one cake, you went well, you enjoyed it. That kind of like, I guess, sparked this interest now that here's a way for me to direct. So sort of like, what came next? Do you start making cakes for your friends? Do you, did you decide that there's a certain style you wanna pursue or certain techniques? Like kind of take us through like the cake number one as like a form of art to like, what comes next?
1: So I started basically begging friends to take my cakes. I'm like, please let me make you a cake. I heard you have a birthday. Let me make you a cake. So, cause I just wanted as much practice as possible. That's a good um, friend to have. I
0: would take you as a friend. I would let okay. my friends feed me. Okay. <laughs>
1: Amazing. I want to make you a cake. So um, from there, then I started realizing that there was actually a need for it and people would pay for them. So I, it kind of snowballed from
0: there and I started selling them. So you became, and so how far from... Uh, this first birthday until you opened your business? Um, So that was uh, six years ago, I think. So you opened, so only so about any, within a year later, you were in business? Um, Pretty much a year, year and a half. Yeah. And what would you say defines, are you simply a cake baker or do you do other confections? Like, is there sort of like a theme of like, what makes you different or kind of how you try to Um, you know, differentiate yourself? Because obviously, I mean, is there a limited market in the Hollywood kosher cake space? And so you sort of fill the niche or did you fill the niche by doing something that wasn't being done before? So in the
1: kosher market, I don't think there's a lot of people who do um, sculpted, sculpted cakes that are like a a copy of a realistic object.
0: So
1: as far as I know, I'm the only one here doing that. Um, and that's really my favorite thing to do, like something that looks like an actual basketball or a car or something. So that's really like what I think that's what I bring to the table.
0: And um, remind me, what's that thing that they make it? What's on the outside that makes it look all fondant? Yeah, OK. Yeah. Not so... fondue.
1: People say fondue. It's not
0: fondant. So fondue. take us through. So how do these cakes taste? Are these cakes that you want to eat or not so much? It's more of like a cake you want to look at. Mostly.
1: So, maybe my first couple of cakes you might not have wanted to eat, but I perfected it because I know, you know, there's so much that goes into making a cake actually taste good, which a lot of people say, oh, fondant cakes don't taste good because it's very hard to get it right. So, I've really worked on that because I don't want them just to look nice. I want them to taste good too. So, I worked on the recipes and how to keep them staying moist and, and delicious.
0: So, and are they, um, you have dairy and parv or all parv?
1: Um, I basically do all power. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people request the dairy, but it's more complicating.
0: And did you work out of your home? Did you set up like sort of an official workspace for like a commercial space for baking?
1: No, not yet, but I I work from home for now. Mm -hmm. It it works out easy for me.
0: And are people placing their orders on your website, on Instagram? How do they like find out about you?
1: Um, It's mainly through, I would say like 90% on Instagram. It's like, it's the most incredible thing
0: nowadays. (laughs) It Mm -hmm. is very, you know, it's interesting. I find Instagram is such a visual um, sort of platform and so much of what we do at You in the City is really ideas. And I think like we do put quotes up and we do put up like modest roundups, but really mostly the space that we're in is around thoughts. um, And it's a little bit more difficult in the space of pictures. But if you're in the space where you have things to photograph, like I just, you know, stay in my pajamas most of the time. But if you're in the space where you have beautiful things to photograph, um, then Instagram is definitely the place. Do you ship or are you keeping your cakes in local, in the local area? Just local. I don't think you could ship these things. Got it. (laughs) It would probably fall apart. Got it. What um? What are some of your favorite? So, are people just ordering? I'd like a cake in the shape of a blah. Like, do people just come to you with crazy ideas, or do you offer them suggestions? Do you have like, here's the you know cakes that I can do? So, I my
1: thing is that I could probably do anything. Mm-hmm. So, I like when people give me the craziest ideas, but a lot of times people are like. I have a Mickey Mouse cake? And they send me like an exact screenshot of this Mickey Mouse cake with polka dots. I'm like, oh, really? Like, right. I like the very exciting cakes. And I do try to push people like, you know, we could do that, you know, uh, topsy-turvy and twisted and upside down. Like, sometimes they go for it. Sometimes they don't.
0: Uh, what are some of the like craziest and funnest designs that you've been able to do? Um, so I loved, um, so it's a very challenging
1: cake to make uh, someone's face. So mm-hmm. I love that last year I was able to make, um, a basketball player space. Mm-hmm. so that was a very big moment for me to, to work on that. And the whole process was like very stressful. And I was like, I can't do this. And that was a, that was a cool moment when
0: I figured that out. So tell us about Candyland. Um, yes. is this the first season of the show? Has it been on before? How did you come to get onto the Food Network? So this is the first season and um, basically I got an
1: email from this talent scout for Food Network and I'm like, I showed it to my husband. I'm like, this is for sure a scam. Should I even reply? And he's like, it looks real. Let's see. Um, So they asked me, it was all during COVID. So they they asked me to do like Zoom interviews and basically apply for the show.
0: So So, what kind of they they found you on Instagram? They were looking up um, people of your exact cake cake expertise, and I guess there yeah. must not be that many. Um, how many followers do you have on Instagram? Um, like twelve, I think. Okay, twelve thousand? No, that's not that's good. Um, all right, but they I guess they saw your talent. They were looking for a certain. Um, that's really a huge compliment because there's there is so much content um just on the internet. I mean, people are just constantly putting out all sorts of junk. And then there is also some good stuff as well. So that's certainly um, a huge compliment that they found yeah. sort of amongst all all of the, you know, things that are hashtag, you know, cake or fondant yeah. or whatever they were. I'm still a little baffled because there's so yeah. many way more
1: talented people than me. I'm like, how, why me? like, that was really cool.
0: Do you think they realized when they uh, connected with you that you are an Orthodox Jew or coming from a diverse background?
1: no. No, they okay. didn't know because right before I signed the contract, I was telling them about Shabbat, how I can't work on Shabbat. So they, they had no idea
0: that I was Jewish
1: or anything before.
0: Got it. So now take us through. Um, so you do a bunch of like sort of pre-interviews, like uh, an application process. You get the the email, I guess, like you've been chosen, Miriam. Yeah. What comes next? Like, how, what? What? Are, walk us through the parts that you can tell us about. Of like, what is the the taping like? The setup like? Like, how? What? What's even? I guess tell us what? How does the show work? It's a it's a competition. So we'll sort of walk us through the you know the how the show unfolds. Okay, so there's five
1: teams, um, and each team has four members. So there's a cake artist, uh, three cake artists, and a sugar artist. So um, and we're all competing together to. um, you know, each each round is an elimination round. So one team has to go home. We all have mm-hmm. to make a big, huge cake and also mm-hmm. a small mini treat during mm-hmm. the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's just um, six episodes. So every round someone goes home and then the
0: the two remaining um, fight it out. Very cool. We're not going to give away how it uh, the show ends up for anyone that hasn't seen it. You have to watch it yourself now. Um, how did it work in terms of shabbos and kashras like what what were some of the ways you you know had to kind of uh interface with the jewish observance vis-a-vis um you know the requirements the requirements of the show
1: um so i didn't have to eat anything on the show i mean the set is edible but like i don't know people were touching it so i'm like i don't i didn't particularly want to eat any of the candies yeah. there but yeah um yeah. Uh, we had uh, kosher food delivered for me every day, so that wasn't a problem. It was like in Where L.A. Where film it? Where was filming? We went to L.A. Okay, cool. So, yeah, and this is all during quarantine, COVID, yeah. so I had the mask and the shield. Yeah. and yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and TV somehow still always goes on. They figured that out. Um, okay, so you don't have to eat anything, and then they were flexible about not filming on Shabbos.
1: Yeah, well, right away they told me there's no filming on Saturday. Saturday's your day off.
0: Perfect.
1: So, yeah, that yes. worked out perfectly.
0: How many days of filming were there? Um, it was about 2 weeks. Got it. And in terms of your um, you know, I guess your co-stars, your competitors, your teammates, um, did they know that you were coming from a religious Jewish background or did they could they tell um, you know, that you were, you know, somehow a little different than where they were from or did it not come up at all? So, it did come up because I didn't
1: foresee this, but Shabbat actually was a problem because huh. that was one of the days that they were on FaceTime with each other, my three teammates, and they were, you know, brainstorming and ordering things from, you know, different uh, craft stores or whatever. So I wasn't able to partake in that. And I just, you know, sitting in my hotel room feeling so bad that yeah. I couldn't help out. But thankfully, I I, I don't think I could have gone on this show with other teammates. These were like the nicest people I've ever met. So they made it easier on me, but I still felt so bad not to be able to help on Saturdays.
0: Did anybody comment like, "Oh, you're the first Orthodox Jew I ever met," or your, you know, your religion or heritage is interesting? Or were there any kind of those like um, moments like that? Or so I think. Okay, so first of all, everyone's met like or had
1: some kind of ideas about Orthodox people. Like um, mm-hmm. my teammate grew up near Monroe, so okay.
0: Wow, okay. So oh
1: yeah, I've seen them walking on Shabbat. Right, like she right. um, So, wait, what was the
0: other part of your question? Oh, no, to, to, here's the thing. Yes, like maybe <laughs> people are aware, like I was aware that religious Jews existed. I always saw them walking, but like I never actually um, like spoke to anyone. So a lo- what I find to be sort of a really impactful moment is like, you're the first one I ever spoke to. I saw them on the street. I saw them pushing the stroller with all the kids but you're the first person that I've actually connected to and had a conversation with. And wow, you're actually pretty nice. Like, I don't know if people would actually come out and say that, but I, I know that I had that experience the first time I spoke to someone Orthodox, like, oh, you're not a total, you know, nut job. So I'm not sure someone to to you. Yeah.
1: So I, I showed them pictures of my family. Cause like, I mean, my, my brothers with the black hats and the beards right. and like, yeah. they were like, that's your family. Like Cause I don't seem that or different. That right. Yet. Exactly. Right. Uh, the only thing I will say is that I feel like when it came to me explaining about Shabbat, like I, they're like, really, you can't open your phone. Like, I, I think there was like a little bit of like a disbelief. Like yeah. there are still people in 2020, like, right. that care about some form of religion. Like I think it was like a little bit of disbelief and then they're like, Oh wow, she really means it. Like this is the third Shabbos and she's still doing it. So it must wow. be real.
0: Yeah. That's very nice, it's beautiful. Um, what kind of um, feedback did you get um, after being on the show? I guess, you know, the interesting thing is that like, I, I would love for the media to showcase people that are more centrist as Orthodox Jews only because we only see like, you know, the more insular or ultra as an option. And for myself growing up, that wasn't something that I could ever imagine myself sort of being part of, but I could see myself being wanting to look like you or sort of be in like the world that you exist in. And yet when someone like you or me is on the media, like it's not really, we're not called Orthodox. And so like the people that kind of sort of stick out the most as Orthodox, I think for so many secular Jews, it's not something that they can relate to as much, at least from the outside, when they meet, when they have a conversation, then they can start to find common ground, but sort of from that shallowness, from there, that quick judgment, it feels like too far. And then for someone like you or me, they don't even know, like the the larger viewing audience, there was no uh, mention of your religiousness or Jewishness at all. Am I correct? It was that you were just a regular contestant?
1: You know, they had asked me a lot of questions about growing up religious, like in my interviews and everything, but it didn't show up on the
0: show actually. But Um, It's interesting. By the way, I think if you had all sorts of negativity to spew and wanted to say how bad it was, I'm sure that part would have actually ended up. If you, you know, if the thing is like I come from a large Orthodox family, you know, like um, I'm not exactly where I was back then, but, you know, um, there's kind and giving and wonderful people like that stuff's not going to make it in and it's like it's something really to keep in mind because I do believe that sort of the constant repetition of everything that's bad and like the negation or just like the invisibility of anything that's good um, It it has a, a psychological effect on not just the outside world, not just non-Jews, not just non-Orthodox Jews, but I would say even Orthodox Jews too. How much pride, you know, would people have felt? Jews included, secular Jews included, to be able to hear you get to say, you know, a positive association with your, you know, Orthodox identity. But they're not really that interested in that. All right, so that community didn't know, but um, you did have press um, from you know, sort of local press and some, you know, so on that side, you were outed as Orthodox. So what, what type of feedback did you get from, um, sort of the world at large from your, uh, your press, um, speaking about as Orthodox woman on the show?
1: So from the world at large, I wouldn't know, but from my world, like my community and, uh, friends and, um, people who follow me. So people were very proud and they said, you know, you gave my daughter something to look up to and something yes. to aspire to. So that, that felt very nice for me because, you know, it is a big deal and it yes. wasn't easy as a from yes. person to, to go out there and, you know, the Shabbos and kosher and be, you yes. know, feel different, you know, yes. it wasn't totally. easy. Yes. I'm, I'm proud that it was able to um, inspire people.
0: Yeah. Look, I think, again, and it sounded like they worked with you and they were willing to accommodate. And even if they may have thought it was like a little bit strange, I feel like again and again, we're told that we should embrace diversity. And, you know, it's great to be different. It's great to, you know, be your authentic self. And then as religious Jews, there's a certain amount of like tiptoeing around, like, do we want to be too Jewish? Like, do we want to bring, can we bench in front of other people? Like, meaning sort of, how Jewish do we sort of feel being in a diverse environment? Shouldn't I, I would hope, I sort of long for the day where our differences will be celebrated too um, and we yes. won't have to feel um, the need to um, kind of tiptoe around or wonder, you know, kind of how our uh, diversity will be seen, but rather we'll be celebrated with, you know, every other type of diverse uh, possibility that's out there.
1: Yeah, because, you know, we're all human. So we all have like human things that happen to us, you know, like going through grade school, you know, I I would think it would be safe to say that I would have something in common with anyone in America, going through grade school, like doesn't matter that I was Orthodox Jewish, or you were, you know, wherever you're from. Um, So I think, you know, we've all been through the same human experiences. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Yeah, so I think, you know, we're all human Yeah, look, and I think every person that sort of uh, ventures to a new space where no Orthodox Jew has been before, um, I think it trains people in these new spaces to sort of know like what our requirements are and how to accommodate us and hopefully they can do it respectfully. And this goes to any space, whether it's media or sports or, you know, places where it's happened less often. We have a couple minutes left. Um, Anything you can share with us about sort of what your sort of future hopes or dreams are kind of like, where would you like to be in, you know, a certain number of years or, you know, what, what could be next for your business, your brand? Oh, so
1: my, my dreams embarrass me. I don't like to say them out loud. (laughs) I I go really far in my head. Um, but I would love to, um, grow my business and, and do much crazier work and teach people how to make cakes. That's something I'm passionate about. Um,
0: and yeah, kind of more than the same. But, Look, I think um, really, you know, sort of the to show, you know, young people in the community and people outside of the community that um, you can follow your passion, you can have space for creativity, um, and that you know there can be you know room to be featured on media are all like amazing lessons. Um, and I think ultimately, um, you know, the way that the free market works is that. Um, talent uh, gets rewarded, you know, and hard work gets rewarded. Um, And you seem to have, you know, a good measure of both. Um, And so it's, um, it's wonderful to see, you know, an Orthodox Jew, you know, go into yet another space. I think there's been some, a few cases of people on shops, but I think you're the first, uh, you know, woman uh, to be baking in the baking space. So um, that's really awesome. Um, And we wish you, you know, continue to Hatzalacha. Um, and you. really you what you do is, um, I think you bring joy to people, um, both in, you know, the, the about. colors, yeah, the, the colors, um, of the confections and also, um, you know, the, just the enjoyment of getting to, to eat something delicious like that. So, um, you should continue to be blessed with, um, the creativity and be able to bring joy and express yourself and, and be an inspiration to, um, all those around you. Thank you. Um, And thank you so much for watching. You can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.